This is Drew Zolke. I'm one of the pastors here at Hope. And today uh, I'm excited. We're going to talk about politics with Brian Freeman. He has um, been at Hope for a while and is an elder here. Um, hopefully you're still listening, even after I said the <laughs> word politics. Brian has been helpful for me and I, I, I know um, others just in in thinking about this. I know you've been thinking about it a lot. Uh, and so I thought really helpful to hear, not necessarily land anywhere always, but a lot of the questions you're asking and why it's even important we're thinking about this. Um, so welcome, Brian. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Drew. I appreciate do, it. Do you want to give quick, just a little, like how long you've been at Hope? Tell us about maybe your family, some, a little bit of Brian other than politics. Sure. Uh, I've been at Hope since maybe 2004 or five. So quite a while. I've seen it seen it grow. Uh, it's not, not the same church, uh, in some ways that it was a long time ago. Um, but change has been good. Uh, I have four kids under seven, so that means I'm tired and, uh, you know, (laughs) losing patience often. Um, we, my wife and I, Alicia live in South Minneapolis. Uh, I work as a lawyer downtown Minneapolis. Um, so hopefully that for the people that did remain after you, uh, you spoke earlier. They're not. Hopefully now they haven't all left. Um, all that I said, I'm a lawyer, but the the combo. Do you get reactions? Do you do you feel like a reaction from people when you say you're a lawyer? I, I do. Typically? I think people have a certain perception mm-hmm. of what that means and and who you are, and I think it's sort of strange. I almost sometimes I say like. I wish you wouldn't think of me that way. Like I'm a dude. I do a job just like you, Drew. <laughs> yeah. Um. You know, and and I don't I don't think and lawyers do so many different things, and um, there's so many different kinds of lawyers out there that I sort of I sort of think I you know same way I don't have a great sense of what you do every single day, and um, you don't you don't want people to make assumptions, I guess. So whatever. <laughs> Coming from a lawyer, I get it. It's interesting though that our culturally that's like a that's one of the it's gotta be top three jobs that someone says you're and they go oh right lawyer yeah my my kids ask me like hey what do you do like what does a lawyer do and you know they think i just highlight papers all day because when they come to the (laughs) office you know two or three times they've come there's this highlighting going on um but i but i i mean i would think before i actually started to know lawyers my, I thought lawyers were all like from law and order. Like you're all right in the court. You're yelling at people and you're <laughs> prosecuting and yeah, not so much, not so much. I mean, I tell my kids, I help people solve problems and that's, that's yeah, sort sure. of what yeah. we do now. By the time I get involved, it's a problem that's pretty serious and you know, all the normal peacemaker ways to resolve a problem have broken down <laughs> actually. So here's the one little anecdote I always share on that. So trike likes to put up the peacemaker wheel on the screen at hope you've probably seen this when he's talking about like how do we resolve conflict well biblically from a gospel lens and one end of the spectrum is like aggressive the most aggressive form of conflict resolution you're into like red territory on the other end is the most passive so it's like suicide or running away well at the very end of the aggressive side it's assault you know, you can deal with your problem by going and, and dealing yeah. with it physically. And one click up from assault is litigation. 
I'm like, okay, that's, your that, job. that's what I do. Thanks a lot. This is great. Um, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. I've so, never even noticed the litigation yeah. slice. Yeah. Actually, I think it, I, I take that back. It might be sandwiched between murder and assault in the middle is litigation. And that's what you went to. That's what I do. That's what you do. That's what I do. Huh. Um, we could talk a whole time we just could. about that. We could. Uh, we're talking about politics, though. Yeah. Another exciting topic. Well, and part of the reason this has been an issue that I've come to care about and think about a lot is, um, honestly, it's important to the people I work with. I think lawyers who are, you know, we're dealing most often with the non-political branch of government, uh, in air quotes there, the judiciary. Um, but we're also dealing with regulations or laws that get passed in state legislatures by the federal government um, that impact the problems our clients have. So I think people who practice law are generally sort of more tuned into these issues and care more. So that means that for me personally, this is a big part of just my social relationships. You know, you go down for a beer with uh, colleagues and these are the kinds of issues you know, the current events, political issues They're that talking people want to, people mm-hmm. want to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. How, how, um, before we get, well, let's just get to why, why is this yeah. important to talk about? Yeah. And I want to hear some of your story in this too. Yeah. No, that's great. I think it's important. I, I thought of two primary reasons. One, I just think, you know, God has, government is under God's authority. I think I think Romans 13 says that, that all authority comes from God and government is under God's authority. And we, especially in our country, as um, some would say government's gotten bigger for better or worse, you know, we interact with the government a lot. And so um, I think it's important to, to think through, well, what does scripture have to say about this? How do we relate to other people on these topics? How should we be involved or not involved? Um you know, our hope is in something different as believers. So what does that mean for the way we relate to the government? So just this fact that, you know, government is part of our lives. It's under God's authority and sovereignty. Um, and it's a practical part of like how we have to do life um, would be one. And the second thing uh, that comes to mind for me is just, it's more of a missional um, perspective. And, and what I mean by that is, there's this idea throughout all of scripture, which is really cool, that God has created us to bear his image, even from Genesis 1. You know, God has created us to bear his image and be sent out as image bearers into the world. And you see that in Israel sort of being, you know, uh, a re- ideally at least a reflection of, of God, his holiness, what he cares about. Uh, and then, you know, fast forward to the New Testament where Jesus takes on flesh. And, and gives us the best picture of, of who God is and then sends out his disciples uh, to be witnesses, which really actually come back to legal. You know, a witness is somebody who gets on the stand in a courtroom and says, you know, this is what I saw with my eyes. This is who Jesus was. Um, and so you've got that sending continuing on in through scripture. Um, and to wrap that back to politics, I think... I think this idea that God wants us to bear his image uh, to the unbelieving world or people who don't yet know him and trust him as Lord, um, politics matters to people. I, I, said, I said earlier when we were sort of off uh, before we started that I think, 
you know, when we think about wanting to engage well with the culture, uh, non-believing culture, we would say, well, it's really important to know what people are listening to by way of music. What are they watching by way of movies? What books are they reading? What stories and narratives are we telling culturally? I think politics is just another big sort of chunk in that vein that, you know, these issues, the, the current events that come across your news feed and your, you know, whatever you're reading, people are thinking about those things. And if the church doesn't have something to say about those issues, I think we're missing an opportunity to build bridges and, and help communicate scriptural truths and the gospel. So that was a super long, long answer no, to your good. question, but good. those are sort of my two two big drivers on this subject. And how has that changed for you? Have you always been yeah. someone who's engaged in this or really excited about? So yeah. I personally, uh, I think kind of grew up in a, like, this is one of the things you don't, you don't talk about like <laughs> religion or politics or money in your house. Right. And those are personal things. <clears throat> so, and so for me, that's, it was, it's been strange to learn how to engage in it mm-hmm. and, and, and what that looks like. Is that been your story or have, have you always been? You talk in a way that like with your colleagues that this is what they're talking about. So I needed to mm-hmm. learn this. So is this something that changed for you? Yeah, it's been a journey. I mean, I, I did not grow up uh, in a Christian home. So sort of similar to what you're saying. I remember like my parents didn't, didn't, would not say who they voted for. Mm-hmm. And looking back, I think that's weird. And you actually, you find that today in conversation, even with, you know, close friends are like, I don't want to tell you that. I don't quite understand that. Um, it's like, it's this dirty subject that we don't talk about. Um, so that was definitely my experience growing up was, um, it, in terms of like what was going on and partisan politics that was not talked about. And so it wasn't really on my radar. Um, I became a believer uh, in between my sophomore and junior of, of high school and my life started to change. And I would say from there, I, you know, roller coaster in terms of how I thought about this stuff. I remember, um, believing, uh, it, when I first became a, a, a Christian that, you know, I think at some point close in that proximity, Hillary Clinton was, uh, running for president. And I was like, hundred percent in on Hillary Clinton sort almost to like, to the point of like, I don't understand how somebody can be a believer and read all this stuff about loving the poor Mm -hmm. and serving the poor in scripture and, and, and think otherwise. And then after that went on sort of in a different, totally different direction. Once I got into law school and got really into, you read a lot of Supreme court decisions and there's political overtones to what the Supreme court has done and really sort of went, pendulum all the way the other way. It was like, oh my gosh, how could, how could I have thought that before? Um, and I would say I'm now in the last five or 10 years sort of come back more into the middle. Um, and I don't say any of that to like disparage either Mm -hmm. end of the spectrum or endorse either end. That's not my point at all. It's just that, um, I think it was a real journey for me and, and in any area of life, you know, when you're there at this point in the, in the, uh, the diet or what, what do you call that? The bell curve. You think, you yeah. know, you think you're going to end there mm-hmm. and you can never see the rest of the curve. <laughs> yeah. And for me, yeah. it was, would have been all over the place, you know? And I, so anyway, it's been a journey for sure. Yeah. How, how would you, uh, answer that question then of, I think often we feel, or we're encouraged, you, you have to pick and then you need to stay mm-hmm. loyal to mm-hmm. that when we're in a, or when we're in a kind of political system we're in with, Two parties. two parties, right? Yeah. So how how would you or how have you thought about that 
Because I think that's part of this discussion mm-hmm. is I feel like I have to pick one and then I have to be real loyal and I have to demonize the other one. Right. So how, what would you, what do you think about that? I think it's a great question. And I think it's something that as believers, we'd be well served to think hard about when it comes to identifying with a party. Um, I, so, and some of what I want to, I'm saying here is just, this is the way I personally think about it. Mm -hmm. I've got no market cornered on, on this stuff, but the, but I have really resisted being called a Republican or a conservative even, or a Democrat. Um, I, People at work, for example, they know I'm a believer. And so I think lots of times they make assumptions about what that means politically. Mm -hmm. And they think in some ways I'm conservative and in other ways I'm liberal. But if somebody wants to stick one of those labels on me, I'm always saying like, hey, I get I get why you you might think that. But uh, I don't I don't call myself that I will not Mm -hmm. sort of accept that label. And the reason the reason I think that's important is because. I really want my allegiance first and foremost to be as a follower of Jesus. I want my allegiance to be where scripture leads on these mm-hmm. issues. Um, and to me, those don't fit into a binary, like red, blue Democrat, Republican. They mm-hmm. just don't. The Bible's lines on these issues don't mit- match up with like uh, the party platforms in all respects. I don't think mm-hmm. so. Actually, I heard a phrase, I was reading an article by Tim Keller that used this phrase, um, package deal ethics. And the idea, as I understood mm. this, was like, you sort of get one set of ethics or another set. And, you know, there are a bunch of issues and you get one or the other and they're binary. And I think as believers, like, that doesn't make, that doesn't really make sense to me mm-hmm. uh, because the Bible doesn't fit into those categories. To take to take all of their all of one parties or all the other, right. and you just have to take it all, right? And I, I personally, just with friends, that feels like that often is where the discussion of politics goes. Is I don't I'm I don't know what to do because mm-hmm. I'm supposed to be this or I'm supposed to be that, but I don't agree. So which is what is the issue that I'm supposed to that's supposed to make me decide which party to go to? Right. And then you start feeling in that you start feeling manipulated. Like it feels mm. like people are just, they know that we're all just using this policy as the one to vote, sure. how to pick our vote. And so they're just telling us, yeah, yeah, we're with you. Yeah. And then you hear, you hear like older believers say election after election, I hear the same things and then, and, and they get weary of, mm-hmm. I'm not sure, but I was told as a young believer that this is the issue I should always sure. vote for. And they get and disenfranchised. I just talked to a, uh, a baby boomer who said, uh, I, I didn't vote the last time he was hmm. like pro pro vote. I went out, I used to go help people get out to vote, but I've just gotten, I don't know what to do anymore. Um, and, and you get weary, um, cause he kept, he felt like he kept putting his allegiance in one or the other, and then he just gets disappointed. Right. Um, and so he, actually for him, he said, I'm realizing I'm not putting my, I'm actually not putting my hope in Christ and all this. I've been just putting my hope in hmm. policies. Interesting. Which I think is a part of this discussion. You, you really got to figure out where's where's your hope for the future, right? Right. In all of it. Yeah, and hopefully we all sort of approach the voting booth or you know where we land. Hopefully, open you know with open hands on some of these issues, 
knowing that that we have a greater hope and um and it's it's not in man-made political solutions i mean it's it's not i i think i think often of i think it's in first is it in first samuel where israel says uh god we want a king because we want to be like all the other nations and um and God comes back with this like laundry list of awful things that a king is going <laughs> to do and, and sort of says, he, he gives Israel a king, but, but he says, this is a rejection of me, of your worship of me, mm-hmm. of your allegiance to me. You sort of want to replace me. And so I think of that often when I think about allegiance to party or, um, or even the way we think about the government's ability to solve problems. I mean, the government government can solve a lot of problems, but so many problems are spiritual problems. They they stem from a broken world. They stem from um really our need for Christ. Uh and so I I think as believers we're called to sort of always view government and the political system in its proper place uh and and try to give our allegiance uh first and foremost to God at all times. Mm-hmm. Cor Cor recently preached on this and used a he drew a diagram for us of kind of the two parties and then what what if there's a third kingdom that really mm. we're a part of mm. and that dips into maybe both actually both parties and different things which is really helpful for me to think oh I don't I think I feel like I have to go to one or I'm this like kind of exiled to some mm-hmm. no man's land. But really, we're, I mean, scripture over and over and over, it's, we have a king and he's good and he's rescued us and we're in that kingdom. Um, it's hard though, when you're kind of in it, when we're actually it, in it all the time. It, it, and, it and is hard. It is hard because it, like when you walk into that voting booth, you got to make a choice and it's one or two yeah, I don't in get large to, part. You can't check like kingdom of God. <laughs> <Yeah>. the- <laughs> I mean, you got independence or green party or whatever every once in a while yeah. now, but um, it still feels binary and it feels unsatisfactory. And I think that's, I, I almost think that's a good thing. Like if we walk into the voting booth and mm. we feel this tension or dissatisfaction with like, gosh, do I really have to choose one or mm-hmm. two? Cause, cause there's neither are perfect and there's problems with, with both. And I like some and not, I think that means if that's where you're at, that's, that's a good thing. Um, because to me, it suggests that maybe you're, you're trying to think of it, um, beyond partisan platform. And it doesn't mean you're necessarily going to be a split ticket voter. I mean, I, I, I could see somebody who says, you know what, Drew, um, I've thought about these things. I see good and, and bad in both, but in the way I sort of discern and prioritize these issues are most important, whatever they are, could be on mm-hmm. either side of the aisle. I think that's a, I mean, that's a fair legitimate mm-hmm. way to think about it. Um, but it's, it's a, it's a tough thing when as a practical matter, we live in a two party world and you sort of got one or the other and, and you got to choose. How do you see this? Um, you'd mentioned, I mean, which I, th- I would guess is common for most people. You don't even say who you, voted for or like you have to like get it out of a friend yeah like i'm just curious who you voted for and like ah, i don't um which i assume some of that is just i don't want this to turn into a yeah. argument or i don't want you to judge me on 
who I voted for. I, I don't have the time to explain all the, um, cause you just seem like it feels like they're all just waiting to explode whatever discussion starts on politics. Um, but we're called in Christian community to, to be able, I think, to wrestle mm-hmm. through that and still love each other, even if we disagree. Um, so we're curious your thoughts on that. Like yeah. what, um, uh yeah i guess generally your thoughts on that in in christian community what are some things that are mm. helpful or have you even found helpful um because i found helpful just the fact that our elders meet and we can discuss and have different like differences on where where we think and even who mm-hmm. we're voting for mm-hmm. um which has actually made me really have to wrestle through some things more than if i had just been quiet and we all had made a no no talk about politics role. yeah right yeah i think I mean, I, I guess I have different thoughts talking about in Christian community versus not in that context. I think in Christian community, um, I think, you know, actually it's funny. I, I, I think of a small group I was in for years where for whatever reason, the guys would just, you know, it seemed like this segregated group of people who, who would talk about these issues for a long time and, and, and probably too much. And I sort of look back and that like, Oh man, that was probably alienating for other people in our group. So I think I, that's one thought I have, like just to be, for us to be aware of, um, what that discussion around those topics can lead to and, and 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 just make people even feel. Yeah. Right. Whether whether or not you're like, I think you should be able to talk about it, but if it makes you feel, really uncomfortable mm-hmm. if you say the word politics and this person shuts down you gotta be careful how you right. talk about it because you right. you also want to be careful they they want to feel right welcomed and right which is very true right because there are people who love all all the time to talk about it all yes. the time yes and they have very strong opinions yes and that kind of shuts down i assume i've been in a small group moment where you just went well i guess we just heard you <laughs> share your thing for a while <laughs> And no one has any other, right. they end with like, what do you guys think? And like, no one's going to say anything. You just, yeah. um, that's really helpful. So if you, if you are excited to talk about it, be really careful. Yeah. And I think that. it needs, I think it really ought to be approached with a level of humility. I mean, these conversations that start like anybody with a brain in their head who follows <laughs> the Bible would, you know, yeah. do X, Y, or Z. Yeah. Like I, you know, and nobody's going to start quite, quite with those words, but you can yeah. tell when it's sort of coming, and and I would say that's not a approach that's uh, one that is reflective of I think the humility God wants mm-hmm. us to have. I mean, this stuff is hard, and and you talk about some people are way down in the weeds, and I've read like the headlines for the last week because that's the way my life has been that week, mm-hmm. and it's like I don't even know how to start relating to you. I know you're mm-hmm. saying this, maybe that's true. Maybe it's not. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's different data. I don't know. I mean, I tend to just sort of, uh, I don't know, listen and, and almost like diffuse those conversations is my approach because I just don't see a lot of good coming in, in that. Um, I do think, I do think it's, I've had people ask me before, like, well, is this a subject we should even be talking about in a small group mm. at all? Um, I think there's a time and place for it. I don't think this should be an area of our lives that is just sort of off limits. And, and I know we're not 
I don't know that we're trained well to talk about it well, but I don't think that's going to change unless we, we try mm-hmm. and, and we try to approach it with gospel humility, um, with the mindset that our allegiance is in, in, in God ultimately and not in politics and not in party. Um, and, you know, that's how disciples, we believe in discipleship and community. I think, I think discussions with believers who can challenge you, uh, mm-hmm. that's how we, we sort of get refined on this stuff. So I really would like us not to put it in a, in a black box that we put in the corner. Yeah. And that hopefully would be one of the, if not the, one of the safest places for you to have a hard, mm-hmm. to wrestle through something really hard mm-hmm. with people who will... It, if nothing else, keep you within the gospel boundaries to say, I don't get this. And what about this? And they can say, well, uh, what, what about the God, how the gospel applies to that? There's not many other places in my life where I have people who I at least know are going to keep pointing me back to that truth right. in whatever it is. And I can say maybe some things I'm not sure about or that are even out there and feel safe. There's not, yeah. a lot of, I mean, yeah. especially this topic, there's not a lot of places you can say, or just, you know, brainstorm <laughs> right know? right like maybe this is true and not have people mm-hmm. lose it on you totally so you'd hope our christian community would actually be one of the safest i'd feel the most comfortable to say trying to figure out what this looks like but typically i mean my, historically for me that has been the last place i mm. thought to um right right and and there's probably something good in that too right like there's a there's an impulse i would say i think in the church, there tends to be two errors we can fall into at one end of the spectrum. One is like worshiping politics and party as the solution of all things. And we, we sort of, and we make it an idol. Um, the, but the other is probably going too far the other way to say like, I'm so afraid of making this an idol mm-hmm. that I'm going to totally disengage, you know, sort of like the Essenes, you know, that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we read their Dead Sea Scrolls today, but they're like, well, I'm checked out. Like we're, we're, <laughs> we're checking out of the system uh-huh. and going at the other end of the spectrum. And I don't think God calls us to that either. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that, that co- like your comment, we tend to want to sort of say, oh, I can't talk about this here. This is the last place I can talk about that. I think it's born out of a good desire to sort yeah. of keep gospel primary mm-hmm. and, and first. But I wonder if that's sort of pushing a significant part of our lives to the side in a way that 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 really isn't helpful. Yeah. And if nothing else, to have permission to say, Hey, this is a thing we keep hearing in the news. I don't know what to think about mm-hmm. it and have friends that could say, yeah, I'm thinking about it too. Or here's what I know. And I mean, those are the people I'd hope could help me in any yeah, issue. Right. Just say, well, I don't need to figure this out with you, but I just need some people that will help me think about this. You, well, you mentioned that you mentioned thinking in two, you mentioned you mm-hmm. might think about this differently with, with believers and non-believers. What do you mean by that? Well, I, I think, I think there's a, tremendous opportunity to have conversations with non-believers um, around these subjects that lead to an opportunity to share God's heart. Um, and, you know, like, in I just, for off-road, I'm reading Tim Keller's, parts of Tim Keller's Center Church book and the chapter on missiology. And one of the things he says in in there that I love is this idea that whenever we enter another culture, um, we ought to affirm everything we can without 
sort of compromising what we know to be true or what, you know, we ought to affirm everything. So where we can do so with integrity. And so um, I think, you know, think about that in the context of a political discussion, especially where somebody's put you in a box and written you off as a Christian who has XYZ political beliefs and says like, oh, Drew, you know, you can't possibly care about the environment or what, you know, whatever mm-hmm. it is. And, and you say, oh, actually, you know, I, God, God is creator. And to me, that means that has a whole lot of implications. Now, I don't necessarily know about policy, but I think God cares tremendously about the environment. And, and all of a sudden, maybe you're in a conversation and somebody's saying, wait, like maybe I don't have this Christianity thing quite figured out. Mm -hmm. And I didn't, you know, I didn't think about that. And all of a sudden you're, you're building a bridge there to help people find maybe you know, this thing that they care about inside and they don't even know where it comes from. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, the law written on our hearts, like it's God's truth, maybe written on, on mm-hmm. the hearts of all people who say, Oh, I, I care about that so much, but they don't know. Maybe they don't know why. Mm-hmm. And it's an opportunity to say, yeah, because, because God has sort of put his fingerprints on you and created the world beautiful and awesome. And we ought to care for it. And, and he cares about that. And I care about that. And, and, and if we, if we just put politics off to the side as something we don't want to engage in, I think mm. we miss opportunities. And under every political issue, Drew, I think there are moral, moral pieces to it. Uh, you, it could be anything. Like, mm-hmm. why do people care about tax cuts? They ter- a lot of people care about tax cuts because they believe, again, you could agree or disagree, but they believe that uh, it stimulates the economy and creates jobs. Well, God cares a whole lot about work. Mm-hmm. And jobs are great. And, and we want people to be employed. We want human flourishing to go on in communities. So now you don't have to agree with me that that's, and, and I don't even know if I agree with that, but you don't have to agree with somebody that that's the right way to create jobs. But in these conversations we have, like, we ought to affirm that. Yeah. You know, I don't agree with that policy, but man, um, where your heart is and where you're going, like the end point you, you want to see happen, like God cares about that. And I care about that. And it, again, these, I think it creates opportunities for bridge building. Um, and in, in your, in all of those, you, you could just stay at the surface and say, I disagree with the thing you want, mm-hmm. or you could, or what an opportunity here, what a coworker, why, why they think that's important because you get, you're going to get to real heart stuff. That's really important to me. Because the environment is important for this thing. And you're going to hear stories of people's lives and why things matter, which will make you more empathetic and connect more to them. And often realize that you, I, for me, I often realize I am also putting them in some box. I think, oh, they're voting for that because of this. And you think, oh, no, it's because of their experience. Or right. or maybe they go, I don't know, because people shouldn't do that. And you're like, oh, they, they haven't thought about why people should or shouldn't do that. And you get the opportunities to to share that. I think you get real heart motivation stuff. Yeah, which asking that why people. question is huge. Yeah. Tell me more about that. Why why do you care about that? Or why are you like what what's at stake for you? Why are you so bent out of shape about this? Or whatever you know. Mm-hmm. Those are great questions yeah. to ask. I I uh, recently had a group of people were talking about something political, um, and I walked up, and then they stopped. And thankfully, I kind of knew these people, so I said. Oh, you, you can't talk about whatever you're talking about. And they're like, well, we're talking about politics <laughs> and we know that you're, 
we know that you're a white man who's an evangelical. So we know where you stand on it. And I said, you know me? How, like, how dare you just assume what I think about that? And they're like, well, we know. Um, I said, what, why would you, why do you think that even? Mm-hmm. We didn't even get to the issue. I just said, why would you think I, or what, I think I said, what do you think I believe on it? And then they said, well, you don't care about people. So you, whatever. <laughs> well, you know, that's not true. And they're like, oh, I know we do know that's not true. Like, we know you care about us and these people. And, and so we, we had this discussion about like assuming mm. those things and it is really hard to hear you're a white man who's an evangelical, so you must believe these yeah. things. But, but even in that moment, I mean, honestly, I think there was a like a moment of grace mm. where I didn't feel like hurt as much as, thank God, it was a, it was an opportunity to ask heart. And then they shared their heart on this thing. We we this is this is why this is important to us because we really love our community. And I was like, I love our community too. It's so hard to see that. And they're like, oh, we both love our community. <laughs> Almost like it was a surprise. <laughs> I think generally all of us love our communities. Yeah. Um, but thankfully we could have a discussion. Otherwise we could have left it at, oh, how dare you? And they could have walked off going like, yeah, we know what you believe because we've heard in the news what you believe. Um, that's like, That why thing is so important. That's a great, it's a great illustration, I think, of why in this area we really need to do the hard work of individual conversations. I mean, mm. so much of what you see online and um, is putting people in boxes and generalizing. And sometimes mm-hmm. you sort of have to generalize to talk about things. And it's, it's a tool almost that we use to have conversation, but it, you know, just remembering that everybody is unique. Everybody has their own story. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there's, you know, there's a reason that we all come to be the people we are and have the views mm-hmm. we, we do. And I think, as believers who want to build relationships with neighbors and coworkers, gosh, it's important to try to understand those stories. Um, the, the other thing, your story makes me think of that. I, and I personally, this is more my individual perspective, I think than anything, but I've come to the view that it, in this sort of moment in time, there's, I, I worry that there's a perception of the church uh, and how it's aligned with politics that I, I, I struggle with. And so it's that, it's that, oh, well, you're Drew, you're a, you're a white male therefore, and a believer, therefore you believe X, Y, and Z. Um, and I don't, the way I think this is commonly portrayed in the media, I, I just don't think it's a, it's a fair portrayal of, of a lot of believers. And so I think it's another reason that I, I feel strongly about like engaging with the culture on these issues. Um, because I sort of want to say, no, I want God to get a fair shake. Mm -hmm. I want the Bible to get a fair shake Mm -hmm. and I don't want it to be portrayed sort of in this narrow way that fits into one political Mm box or the other. And I don't think anyone does whatever category they get put in. That's the, that's the blessing we, I think not only for us to understand people, but it's a, you're really blessed when someone actually says, tell me more about why yeah. you think it. I think that's, I mean, I, that's a whole different conversation and a blessing to say, I want to hear your story and even validate like that. Those are real things you mm-hmm. experienced and felt and rather than just assume things about you. I think if we all do that, we just all yell at each other from across <laughs> the room. Um, 
that one-on-one we've had other episodes of the podcast where that it, it keeps coming back to that one of those themes of like you just got to get with people with yeah. one-on-one and hear their stories and actually engage and not assume and mm-hmm. this topic too um before we end i want to i want to yeah. give people a few things you'd encourage them with mm-hmm. whether steps or like more practical what are some things that could be helpful if they want to get more engaged in this or learn more or um, anything that's been helpful to you other than the things we've talked about? Yeah, I, I think the things I think of are just a, a trying to find a handful of believers. If, if you're really interested in this area and want to be refined, like try to find a few believers who you trust, who you can, be challenged for by and invite invite that kind of like uh you know refinement mm-hmm. i think we're not very good at um uh, accountability is the wrong word we're not very good at being in relationships where where um people push back and and you know help refine us but so i think it's on us to invite that to say drew like I need, I I want you to to push me. I want you to challenge me. This is where I'm at on some of this stuff. What's what's right and where's their error and what do you think? And um, so so again, just being in community and inviting that kind of conversation that's going to help um, disciple you in both your attitude and some of your views um, on these subjects. I think. Tim Keller has a lot of great stuff in this subject. Mm-hmm. I mean, he preaches in Manhattan uh, where, and, and I think has been sort of courageous in, in addressing some of these topics. He had a great article in the New York times. Uh, I think it was in, in the fall of 2018 um, just about the importance of the church engaging on these subjects without um, sort of putting government and politics into in an idle kind of place. I would recommend that article. Uh, and, and there are a lot of sermons online that he's done. He has one, um, where he really addresses the story in the gospels when Jesus is, um, has this discussion with, with two camps of Jewish leaders who are asking him like, well, should we pay the tax to Caesar or not? And, Keller has, it's, you can find it on his on, free online sermons. It's phenomenal. And he does a great job of unpacking that, that passage in scripture and sort of applying it today. So I'd highly, highly commend uh, his resources. Yeah. Um, what do you, what, how about you? I mean, what, what do you recommend to um, people? No, I was just going to say, I think this is one of those things, like a, like a lot of things as a believer that, I have to get out of my head that I'm going to figure it out. Mm. It's one of those things I think we're going to wrestle through. There's going to be new policies and new people. And I'll think, okay, I kind of figured out where these people land. And then the next election is like, oh, there's a whole new version of how these look. So I think it's one of those things that we need to learn how to engage it and learn that it's going to be maybe, uh, you know, a lifetime of engagement. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, Which I think a lot of things, when, when we start thinking, I figured it out, then... I think it can get real dangerous. Um, and so for me, that's been one, I think helpful. And that I think having people, um, also I, I realize when I get like close to an election, as I've tried to engage more, I can read a whole lot of people's thoughts on stuff. And, um, literally I, I was convicted once because I was in the morning reading on my iPad, 
things. And instead of that morning getting up and reading some scripture and praying, because I was like, I was really like wrestling through, I don't know what I, how to deal with this thing or how to think about it. And then I was just convicted because I realized I literally skipped time in the word to read some articles about how people think about policy yeah, and even policy, like how they're trying to engage it with scripture. I think, I, again, like you got to know, mm-hmm. uh, you mentioned multiple parts of scripture as we're just talking. I think it's really important that we don't miss like the source of truth. <laughs> it yeah, just good. our the more I know scripture, the more the spirits in that it's actually going to hopefully help me yeah. engage some of these things. It, I, I thought of one more thing that I like to come back to um, in thinking about some of these issues. And sometimes I'll just sort of go through the mental exercise of, okay, what, what do I feel like I know for sure or with clarity from scripture? And sometimes that's at like a 5,000 foot level. Like I know God cares for the poor. I know everybody's made in God's image. I know work is really important. I know he wants economically flourishing communities. I can know all these things. And then it sort of stops like, but I don't necessarily know like what the best policy to implement it is, Mm -hmm. but I find a lot of comfort in landing at sort of God's heart on some of these Mm. things and what scripture actually says. Yeah. And just anchoring myself to what, what do I know for sure? And what is in the unknown? And then it, it ought to lead to humility. (laughs) Um, and, and some freedom to say like, uh, I can feel confident in, in what I think scripture says and engage on these subjects and, and have, have a lot of humility and, um, freedom to, to, to learn, to discuss, to bring in different, different ideas without needing to, as you say, really land and have it all figured out. The big things you can get stuck though (laughs) on those things and forget the big things. Yeah. Well, this was really helpful, Brian. Thanks for chatting with us. Hey, anytime, Drew. This was really good. If you have other questions uh, for Brian, we can get those to him or or uh, for Hope, you can email podcast at hopecc.com. Also, you can check out our other uh, episodes. We interview all sorts of people from Hope on all sorts of topics. Um, and we have sermon, sermon podcast, uh, which is just our sermons from our locations. You can find all those on wherever you get your podcasts. Um, thanks for listening. I encourage you to check those other episodes out.